Welcome to Headliners, the podcast. This is the paper review that won't put you to sleep. You can catch us live every night from 11 on GB News with a panel of top-notch comedians going through the biggest stories hitting the next day's papers. But don't worry, if you miss it, you can catch up here after every show. So let's do it. Welcome to Headliners. Hello and welcome back to Headliners. I'm Simon Evans. Joining me tonight, two heavyweights of the UK comedy scene. Uh, French gentlemen, in the right corner we have Scott Capuro and in the left, Stephen N. Allen. Although, in fact, those are reverse corners from your political leader. Well, I don't know. We'll, we'll find that out. Well, let's leave that as a blank slate. But how are you, anyway? I'm all right, and I was just feeling bloated. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm so my, sorry. My, it's all right. My husband, you never look bloated. You're very sweet to say that, but you've not seen me naked yet. <laughs> and my husband commented tonight when I was getting dressed to come here. He said, I think we should cut out bread. Brett has to go. Yeah. yeah. Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say about bloating, but I've, I always feel a lot lighter generally on my feet these days. If I, I regard toast as a sleeping draft, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> more of a middle-aged thing, though. Yeah. If my daughter rings up, can you come and collect me? I'm like, I'm sorry, I've had my toast. <laughs> it's just not going to happen. I can't be trusted with heavy machinery. They'll re replace chloroform for you. you yes, can absolutely. Sneak up yes, with exactly. a bread. bread. <laughs> they say the smell of toast is supposed to be uh, that. That means you're having a stroke. Yeah, yeah, it? yeah. But but the eating of toast has it's pretty similar yeah. in, terms, in the short term as well. So, Scott, I'm going to start with you. You have the biggest story of the day, as far as I'm concerned, one that is developing even since some of the papers went to bed, it seems. What, that Trump is back on Twitter? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Elon Musk has made an offer, and it's been accepted, $54.20 per share, which rounds up to about 44 Well, you know why he went for that precise sum? Yeah, because he's a big 420 fan. 420, that's right. He likes right. his yeah. weed. He does. Yeah. He said it many times. <laughs> and he, I, I'm sure he'll use Twitter as a platform to federally legalize weed in the U.S., which would be a, a big step yeah. for, for him. Um, he has bought it, and uh, the, the, the council that runs Twitter at first has said they didn't want his offer, that it was too low. Mm -hmm. He lowballed it too much, and then he just said, look, I, I'm the richest guy in the world. What do you want? Yeah. And they named a figure, and he matched it. So that's what they get. I mean, it has it is quite a lot higher than the uh, than the share price was in I think it's April the first or something. Was than the share price has ever been. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people are mystified by how Twitter even makes money, and I think yeah. that's why the shareholders have suggested this because they'd like to see a bit of return mm. on their investment from 20 years ago, and they're going to get it now. I think. Yeah. So. Well, it'll be interesting to see how he monetizes because obviously the big news is his attitude to free speech and. Right. Obviously, the single greatest candidate for returning to Twitter on that message is Donald Trump. I mean, this could actually have some significant political effects. I suppose, although Donald Trump has said in the past that he wouldn't return to the bird, which I think he means right. Twitter, or who knows what. That, that might is. be a salmonella reference. I don't know. <laughs> gonna, never yeah. reheat the bird a second time. But. But, you know, if he changes his mind, what, will accuse him of lying? That'll really make sense. <laughs> um, so it'll be yeah. interesting. But the thing is, yes, uh, Elon Musk says he's very much the free speech guy, but everyone thinks they're into free speech, mm -hmm. as long as the thing you're hearing agrees with yourself. Mm -hmm. yeah. And everyone thinks that the opposing argument shouldn't be given the same free speech, although he did do a nice tweet saying that his, his biggest critic should still continue to tweet. Mm -hmm. So I've been busy. Well, the proof of the pudding, as you say, no battle plan survives engagement with the enemy. Uh, yeah. But um, I am interested in one piece of uh, a comment that I've seen a couple of people raise, which is that the government's new... Pro in this country, the government's new proposed online safety bill will clash with this direction of travel in Twitter. I don't know if well, you have views on that. I don't think anyone has total free speech. I don't see anyone saying or hear anyone saying exactly what they think. No. And when they do, if it rarely happens, they're 
labeled crazy. So I think that there is, there, I th and I think as comedians, we, we, we respect and admire the idea of editing mm. or of boundaries. It makes things funnier, I think. Well, it's a question of having license, isn't it? It's a fair point. The, the whole thing of being on stage and having a microphone and having lights is, all oh, this could be ironic. Mm. Don't take it too seriously. Right. But some people think it still leashes into the... Well, what do you think, Steve? Is it, is it possible to have free speech? I mean, it's a philosophical proposition as much as anything. <laughs> is anything we ever say... Completely free. Completely, you know, in what sense is it free? Is it, is it free of our own biases? No. Well, then it's free of our own fear of consequences. So yes. you, you definitely can be free of the fear of consequences. It's all internalised, it's all in your own head. Yeah. Um, but, that, I mean, that free speech is definitely possible, but the right to be heard is different. Yeah. You can say whatever you want, but you might end up being the guy in the corner of the pub who's ignored. Yes. And you can still keep saying it. And this you is the thing with Twitter, isn't it? Because you have to choose who to follow. I always felt that there should be a little bit more... Uh, leniency on that front, mm. I suppose, but mm. then, uh, you know, you're not going to have to... You're not forced to see these people's mm. opinions. And some people, they say whatever they want. As you say, it is true you can, but you might go to jail for it. At least in this country, people have, so... Consequences. Yeah, there are other consequences, right? <laughs> we well, shall this jail, daylight right. such a fire. <laughs> Tuesday's Times now, and as someone who is not averse to flashing a bit of well-knotted tie, Stephen, <laughs> to, to distract and confound your political opponents, yeah. what do you think of this story? Uh, another day of uh, what I'm calling Pantygate. <laughs> not caught on yet. But David Dillon, <laughs> the editor of The Mail on Sunday, has been called to Parliament to have a little chat about this wow. thing that was uh, mentioned, this article that said that there's a Tory MP, unnamed Tory MP, mm. who said that Angela Rayner uncrosses and crosses her legs to distract Boris Johnson in the style of uh, the film Basic Instinct. Yep. I Can say... I just clarify, is he saying that she does this or is he saying that he overheard her possibly laughingly claiming, like, like bragging that she yes. does this. I Quite think amazing. that's the key, isn't it? Not, not that she, he's observed it and he thinks he's doing... Over drinks, really. too. They're all yeah. having a but, sip, right? Yeah, 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 yeah but that she's and... kind of going, ha, 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 yeah, you'll never guess what I do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, for, for those who haven't seen the film Basic Instinct, I'd refer to the Kenny Everett show Yeah. Um, in the best possible taste. Cupid that, stunt, isn't that's it? That's uh, how yeah. I try and uh, imagine... through that, yes. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> that's a live show, that's yeah. a risk. You've got to invite the guy who plucks the pheasants on next. Yes, <laughs> um, but so, what are we meant to think about this? That Boris Johnson would be some preapic, fool who's distracted by women? How could that to ever be on, absolutely honest, if she were doing it, I think it would have the opposite effect. I think it would spur him on. It probably would remind him of his <laughs> days in the Oxford Union <laughs> debating. I, I, what, I th what I think it's also doing is, 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 is revealing what women feel they put up with in Parliament and government, which is a lot of misogyny yeah. pointed in the direction. Well, the Daily Mail and the Mail on Sunday, possibly two separate entities, certainly mm. like to prod this occasion. I remember a picture of uh, Theresa May and Nicola Sturgeon sitting next to each other and that mm. we were invited as readers, this was about three years ago, to compare and contrast the shapeliness of their ankles. Mm. It is very <laughs> extraordinary. <laughs> well, but then, I, I'm not even going to sit here and take any nonsense about Angela Rayner distracting people whilst, whilst there's that thirsty long drink of sexiness Jacob Rees-Mogg <laughs> showing a little bit of sock dust, was he? Come on. And Dishy Rishi's just hanging out, smiling, being gorgeous all the time, too. So I think a lot of them use whatever they think is their appeal. Although I don't think that she's probably... No, yeah, that's the thing. This. I don't think this is... No. The thing way. about it was, the, the Mail on Saturday, I did read it, it was an extraordinary litany of sort of little, little sort of bijou character assassinations. The, the two-word phrase that really caught my eye was socialist grandmother. <laughs> that was how they described Angela Rayner. Yeah. I mean, she is a grandmother. At 40, that is quite an achievement in itself. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. to have overcome... I mean, the implication there is that she is, like, you know... Yeah. 
council house, council yeah, estate yeah, trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, pram faces, as people <laughs> call it, and yet to have come from that and to have achieved the political status she had is an extraordinary achievement, mm, yeah. regardless of the fact that I don't agree with her politics. I, I acknowledge that. But, but the way these nasty little put-downs, you know, yeah. threaded together... But now they need to try and find who is the source, and now they're looking for a Tory MP who might have slightly outdated views on women. So, <laughs> narrow it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not Rishi, I guess. <laughs> Scott, the first she was dropped in France's political summer. Zut it's more Emmanuel Macron, but um, mm. there is opportunity for the far right to take some degree of sucker from this as well. Well, I think. people who are following the election will know that Macron did win yesterday in France, and... Um, they're calling it a victory without a triumph, mm. uh, supposedly because about 90% of those polled as they were leaving who did vote for Macron said they voted against Le Pen. And not, I mean, they voted against... Uh, no, you were right, yeah, yes. against Le Pen, yeah, rather than with the enthusiasm yeah. for him. 10% yeah. voted, said that they voted in favour of him as a good yeah, yeah. Uh, elected official. But then again, I mean, that just reflects the nature of elections, doesn't it, to a large extent? And it, don't, you know, that's often the Especially way. in France, the second time around. Uh, this is the first... Since Chirac, he's the first guy to have won a yeah. second round. I mean, a second... Uh, second election. election phase. Election. And um, it's the second election in, in, in a series of three, because in, in June, they'll elect the National Assembly. Yeah. And, the, and the, 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 there's a very liberal... Uh, guy there called um, Jean. I'm going to try to pronounce this correctly. My, mm -hmm. I have no French at all. But anyway, Mélenchon is his last name. Mélenchon. Mélenchon. And he came in first uh, in the first round between 18 and 34 year olds yeah. in, in all of France. And he won in Paris. And he did really well in Paris in this election, even though he wasn't on the ballot. So he wants to elect a lot of his people in the French Assembly and kind of yeah. put a prime minister in there that will oppose everything that Macron does. But Macron will still have the last say on you know, uh, foreign policy objectives. And that's part of the reason why Macron didn't probably do well in this election. He wasn't campaigning well enough. And Le Pen was. She was mm. very savage about campaigning. She's very brutal about it. She's really good at it. Mm. And he was dealing with Ukraine, admittedly, for a good reason, mm. but couldn't put himself out there enough. And he announced his re-election on March 3rd, which was a tough day to announce re-election. Yeah, right. Overshadowed by Ukraine again. And so when he was trying to do more than one job, at once, which he's probably not very good at. But, I mean, for a 44-year-old, I think he's done quite well. And I think... Oh, the election is not bad. And the, the, the fact that people voted against Le Pen, I don't think is necessary. It's reassuring. Oh, there are not some, enough voted against Le Pen because the numbers were But there are the, the some interesting trends as well. I don't know if you've seen this, uh, Stephen, that, for yeah. instance, the young are going quite extreme. It's actually the elderly, it's the over-60s who kept Macron in. Mm. And there was uh, significant support. There was, like, more than 50% support among the young. For Le Pen, it, even in the even in the final election, uh, yeah, and, I, and also uh, I was reading one article. They were looking at the level of gap has been reducing. So yeah. if yeah. if this lead gets smaller and smaller, yeah. I believe we can refer to Zeno to work out that all it will take yeah, is yeah. just one infinity, <laughs> and she'll get there. Achilles and the tortoise. Yeah, yeah. Also, I think it's interesting though that they do tend to the extremes. It's very similar to America actually in that regard because well, this time around they did, and the numbers tended to match the election in '69 right. when the youth. Yeah. And the old people went very liberal. 68 hours. Exactly. And, and they were almost identical, some of the, num the winning numbers. And I, what, what I think is also strange, too, in France, at least, is they, they're, they're, uh, the majority of French are pro-Euro. It's just they don't know how they want to stay in the EU. They're not quite sure how, what role they want to play. Yeah. And they're very 
angry at the British right now. And that role, I think, affected this election as well. Because I think Macron wants a special relationship with the UK, but I think the average French person is, is not excited. Because we pulled out of the EU. There's that, yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I, I think, I think their, their economy is doing quite well. So the fact that they have a strong economy, you would think they would stick with Macron. He's an ex-economist yeah, yeah. and he knows how to, to jumble numbers. Yeah. But I think th that's not on... I think the youths are really worried about the environment. I think that's a real important subject for them. Tuesday's independent now, and uh, here's a rum do. Yeah. It will excuse nice. the uh, local produce pack. Oh, I that one nearly got by me. Yeah. Um, Sophie, Countess of Wessex, not a real place, mm -hmm. and Prince Edward, <laughs> Earl of Wessex, great pub, um, are on tour. They met Gaston Brown, the Prime Minister of Antigua and Barbuda, and apparently they had a conversation about the issue of Britain paying reparations for mm. slavery. Um, and, and Edward said, well, I've got that much on me. <laughs> <laughs> Difficult to, to argue about privilege when you turn up on tour, kind of like, oh, look what we're it's in On a red carpet. Well, um, I know we look wealthy, but honestly, it's a lot of show. <laughs> yeah, <it's all laughs> this is all rented. <laughs> he, uh, apparently, he said they should use their diplomatic influence. Oh, I think you've mm. overshot that, mm. because you're speaking to the wrong royals. They might be able to yes. open you an arts centre. He could probably uh, put on a show about it. Yeah, refinish yeah. a coffee table. <laughs> like a TV show about it. <laughs> but um, it's, they also said that at some point they wish to not have the Queen as uh, their head of state, but that wouldn't be immediate. I mean, why Well, wait? I think it might be sooner than they think not <laughs> yeah, to have yeah. the Queen, but without <laughs> <laughs> yeah. putting too fine a point crossed. on it, yeah. hey, just sit tight. They were labelled oligarchs, they were. Yeah. 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 A lot of the locals were very angry about them even being there. Really? Mm. Who, yeah. so who are oligarchs? The, the two royals who showed up at Wessex. They think of them as oligarchs? They do, yeah. Or, you, or you're saying they are oligarchs? They, the labels, the locals cult were yelling out oligarchs. Oligarchs. That sounds them. confused. I mean, these people predate the notion of oligarchs. <laughs> well, I suppose oligarch, what does that just mean, the few? That could have been the barons in the old day, couldn't mm. it? But uh, They still seem low enough down the, the list that I'd be annoyed that they were the ones that turned yeah. up. These are royals that people wouldn't mention in family fortunes. No. I mean, you're quite far down the list. They haven't Certainly shown up now that the uh, now that Wills and Kate have been producing. Yeah. Right, right. A, yeah. and, and they haven't shown up at pu public functions very often in the last 10 years. And I, I wonder why they threw them out there. I mean, because the other two had already been there. It's, it's strange, isn't it? Yes, that's right. It was all, When I first saw this, I got confused. Well, is this a continuation? They've been out there for over a month now. But it's not. But the fact that it's not a continuation, it's it almost... Um, I wonder whether Barba Bar Barbuda, not Barbados, isn't it, as well, which yeah. and a weird cross between Bermuda and Barbados, mm -hmm. and they're getting this Countess of Wessex. It all feels like this is a sort of knockoff. Yeah, yeah it is. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a little brand. <laughs> Slightly off-brand version yeah, of the You get the LD. <laughs> this one's from The Telegraph now, and this is, uh, joking aside, this is quite worrying and, and very sad, of course, for families who were affected. Yes, um, the hepatitis outbreak, mm. still a mystery. It's now left one child dead, 17 needing liver transplants. Yes, you can say those, these are small numbers. It's yeah. a worrying trend and it's a huge impact to every family that's been hit by this. And there's some connection, you think, with lockdown or something? Is, it, is this one, is this mooted? One theory, and there are so... It's just, yeah. it's just hypotheses stage at the moment. One of them is that because of uh, the isolation of lockdown that the immune systems would be more naive in, in young children. But interestingly, we talked about this on the show last week. And I was saying one of the other theories is that it could be adenovirus. And I said, look, it's bound to happen. A different adenovirus from chimps were used in the vaccine, in the AstraZeneca vaccine, oh, right, to deliver okay. some of the uh, information. I sat in this seat saying, I'll tell you what, someone online will definitely use word association <laughs> to get it wrong but prove their own point. Literally, I got home and saw that someone had taken that clip and tweeted it with Stephen Allen on GB News <laughs> finds link between. This is how it starts. So the, the research: none of the cases in Britain have been vaccinated because they're so young. Most yeah. of the cases involving those under five. 
and it would be an absurd connection to make. Yes. But there's no, there's no other uh, plausible hypothesis that you think... It, it, cold it food prepared by hand. That's how you get it's it. Sorry? Cold food prepared by hand. Is that right? They're eating too many salads, these kids. Yeah. These yeah. under yeah. fives. Yes, too, <laughs> too, many, too many tacos. Wow. Again, under five. Yeah, they maybe pop out for tacos well, I, a lot. Yeah. That's how I got it. don't want to tell his kids not to eat salads. Yeah, I, mean, I don't eat. Could be yeah. down the line. Well, we could be Stephen Landon responsible for yet more. <laughs> <laughs> but but there is no real plausible connection between any of these things mm. or anything that we don't. It could just be some clumping or some random. Well, the, break, some of the ideas are adenovirus that's either hugely yeah. evolved or slightly evolved to become slightly harder uh, for certain people, then you can mix into that. They don't need to be separate ideas. The idea that your immune system's not as developed because you've mm, had yeah. greater isolation. But until that's proven, it's the kind of thing that people will run with as if, I yeah. knew it was wrong all along. You'd need to test this before you could say it. And just, uh, and it's obviously a very small sample size, as you say. Just to be clear, I said uh, one child dead, very, very sad, 17 in need of a liver transplant. Mm. A liver transplant presumably depends on somebody dying with a healthy liver. No, it does. No? Oh, oh, no, sorry, the liver's the one that regenerates itself. So oh, you can really? donate half your liver. Oh, I don't okay. know how long it takes, but at some point you've got your full liver back. Oh. Right, yeah. OK. So there is some hope, some possibility that they will find somebody who will willingly donate. In, in the family situation. quite often, because yeah. of blood groups, yeah. So... To, Tuesday's Guardian now, and here's a story that I suspect goes against many people's expectations and perceptions. Yeah, in The Guardian, it said that no London, no London shooting deaths in the last six months since Halloween. That's extraordinary. Shooting deaths. So, oh, since Halloween? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was that the low, Was that the last time there was one? There was, yeah. That's a bit eerie, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> and um, there, there have only been 27 uh, people shot in 2022 compared to in 2010 and 2011, there were 499. That's extraordinary. It's good. It's been attributed yeah. to pl good, good police work, actually. Yeah. So things such as Operation Viper, where special teams took part in getting rid of um, and tr tackling gun violence, getting rid of the guns themselves. Getting rid of the guns. That's and they're using what, drones. They, they're, they're struggling to get hold of guns. And they are. They're, 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 yeah. they're, apparently, gangs can't, can't... They're having to use old weapons that they... Redesign and yeah. make their own bullets, flintlock uh, muskets, and, uh, like and, and starting pistols. I think, like yeah, in that, that are missing from the British Museum. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, it's strange too because uh, we, we've heard this. There's a, the stabbings have been gotten quite severe. Yeah, but, but shootings are down. But the overall violence in London is it's not the Wild West as some people. Because the the, the thing you often hear, well, I say often hear, but. Um, uh, one thing I have a, a, a criminal barrister friend who says that one of the reasons that uh, that deaths are lower than they otherwise would be is the tremendous improvement in uh, the paramedic mm. treatment of people on on site. Now they can they can save lives much more quickly, mm. but those figures would contradict that, or at least would would suggest that these it's not just that because that in itself is good. Yeah, but it yeah. wouldn't be that encouraging. It still means the crime. Well, is... And the drug trafficking convictions are way up. So yeah, putting people away faster. Yeah, uh, and that means that those people being put away are losing the money, losing the drugs, and they're in a lot of trouble already. Yeah. Yeah. So that's been helping. Yeah. That's been discouraging. Yeah. Yeah, the deaths down and the, the cases of shootings are down, so that yeah. answers the paramedic thing. I think it's interesting to compare this to that sentence you hear in America all the time, uh, that guns don't kill people, people yeah. do well. Guns do kill people. It's not, yeah, it's not <laughs> as if you've got a reduction in bad people. No. You've got fewer shootings and they say the supply of guns is somehow mixed. It's bizarre. If you can't get a gun, you can't shoot. And it feels like that's... It's a classic virtuous circle, because obviously, if they can't get hold of guns, they can't shoot each other, but also it de-escalates the... the, the uh, the necessity for a gun as well, doesn't it? If, if the, the culture changes and people don't anticipate that they're going to get shot unless they shoot first, right. 
then, then maybe after a few months of that, they go, actually, I don't think I need a gun. And maybe I don't need a gun. And maybe we'll just carry on selling drugs with, yeah. um, you know, with, <laughs> with a couple of lead filled <laughs> shoes, you know. And what de-escalates the situation too is the police don't show up as violent, do they, at situations, no. right? Yeah. I mean, they, I, I've seen film footage of uh, London, of Met cops, kind of destabilizing, or stabilizing a destabil an unstable person yeah. uh, with, with various tactics and techniques that have nothing to do with gun. Fire. Yeah, we're well, just like hypnosis. Or There's that trickery. too, or throwing things at them, <laughs> or, or heckling them. No, but they kind of lots they, of dogs, they dogs everywhere, different sizes of dogs, <laughs> kind of running around. Any distractions, and some, some sparkly <laughs> stuff. But like they, they kind of <laughs> <laughs> they surround them, sort of, and move in on them. You know, yeah, yeah. It kind of calms them down. Whatever they can. Coming do, into they... the side of people apparently is the trick. I remember I saw Rob Newman, the comedian, mm. doing a set about that once, about how when people come and put their arm around you from the side, it means they think you're mentally unstable. <laughs> <laughs> You've been trained. <laughs> Tuesday's Times, and it looks as though my irreversible decline into bigotry and subsequent ostracization might be slowed by a simple <laughs> algorithm, Steve. Yeah, Google. For me. They've got a new function on Google Docs. <laughs> Don't know if you use it, but it's uh, inclusive language, which makes suggestions of other phrases you could use to be more inclusive. Mm. And it's got the same old reactionary types, the knee-jerk snowflakes who love to moan about things angry. That sentence, by the way, lit up like a Christmas tree. <laughs> Sorry, it lit up like a festive arboreal decoration. Snowflake <laughs> is inclusive, though, isn't it? That's a non-gendered term, to yeah. be fair. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, you can turn this function off. Yeah. So if you don't like it, calm down. So the yeah. actual complaint is, why aren't things the way I want them to be without yes. me doing anything? Why yeah. is Google, the thing I don't pay for, not doing exactly what I want? Mm. It is quite funny that I've, I bought a new car recently and it's got a couple of features I didn't like on the dashboard and there's always an, an, an annoying few miles, few hours before you find out how to turn them off. <laughs> yeah. so, and then it's gone. Well, that's fine, you know. I don't like the fact that Word turns quotes into curly quotes. What am I, fancy? <laughs> but I turn that off. Curly quotes? What's that? Yeah, you know, the quote marks. You yeah. can have the proper good old-fashioned yeah. ASCII normal yeah. symbols, but it updates them to these weird... Oh, I haven't marks. seen those. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. Ooh, I'm Maybe not, you didn't no. even notice yet. Not a fan. Yeah. No. It's terrible if you're trying to write HTML as well. I'll tell you what the worst <laughs> one is, though. Just on predictive text or autocorrect or autocomplete, whatever is on, on phones, regularly changes things to the exact opposite of the word you're trying to say. The word was, it completes to wasn't. So often. <laughs> so he goes, I'm sorry, I was thinking of you this morning. So I wasn't thinking of you. <laughs> Just needlessly argumentative. It, keep, it keeps changing and to abs. I'm yeah, like, abs. I'm obsessed abs. with my abs. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. old gay obsessed with his stomach muscles. There is a way, <laughs> there is a way, perhaps somebody showed me, where you can ban it from making a certain correction. Oh, really? Yeah, because once you've done abs three or four times, it goes, right. well, I guess he does mean abs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Now, if you're like arguing with my phone, which is just an old man waving his fist to the sun. Yeah. Saying, Why is the planet changed? I'm going uh, to write something and put it through this feature and see if well, I can still get it printed. <laughs> I will say, though, I mean, so, firstly, it's only suggestions, and yeah. you can turn it off. But um, one example is that if you're writing something, it would turn housewife into stay-at-home spouse. You don't need that. No. But if you were writing to housewives, yeah. if it gave you a nudge to be... Oh, by the way, that yeah. uh, excludes some people. Because as a new dad and stand-up comedian, so it's not like I work... Yeah, stay-at-home dad. I'm going to be the primary carer for my kids, so... Yeah. If I get a letter inviting mums to bring the baby to whatever event, That's I'm going to be left out. Yeah. If Google could be like, oh, you've just left out all the dads there, yeah. I'm in favour of it. Yeah. To be honest, our toddler didn't toddle either for quite mm. a while, and I used to feel a little bit angry about that, bring, bring him to the toddler group, and I was like, he's not toddling. Can I, can I just bring him and <laughs> plant him where he is? I should just when I'm talking to my father because he won't call my husband my husband. Because uh, he said, that makes you the wife. And you I know, I was always thought about that. that. It is slightly 
odd because the, the those terms are a bit archaic in themselves. I'm yeah. not. I understand. Do you know what I mean? Do you feel a hundred percent happy with husband, or did you feel it was a slightly? Because every. I mean, people have done routines about this for. for yeah, 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 You know, partner makes it sound like a contractual right, relationship, right. and and main squeeze makes it sound. Old yeah, fashion. yeah. <laughs> other other half. I yeah. mean, most of the middle class, middle aged in Britain have long had uh, so many euphemisms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The ball and chain. It did make us feel knocked down a peg because it made us feel heterosexual. Yeah. But I told my father, you can call him by his name, and my dad's like, I can't remember his name. I said, <laughs> There's the problem right there. I do. I've got to be honest with you, though. I have a, uh, a, a friend, uh, Donald, his name is, if he's mm. watching this, he lives in Spain now, so it's unlikely I should be safe. A gay man in his 60s, and he had a, a partner, and he was Spanish, and it was either Jose or Juan, which are the two <laughs> Spanish names, and I could never remember. My wife immediately remembered, but as soon as I had remembered that I couldn't remember, that became the overwhelming fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just impossible, and I would never be confident. <laughs> and even though I might say it and get away with it, yeah. it's terrible. Just terrible. call him Guapo. Just say yeah. <laughs> right, everyone wants to hear that. We all want to hear that. I think there should be a new word for it, though, uh, stuck like that, because husband always suggested to me a sort of almost like a farm management sort of arrangement. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. And my right hand man <laughs> sort of bossing around. <laughs> right hand man sounds like something else, doesn't it? Yes, so, indeed. Yeah, it's hard to. I, we'll find something. We should work on that. Yeah. Telegraph now, Scott. This is J.K. Rowling news once again. It is non-wizard based. I'm becoming. Uh, I'm persuaded that she's not really that interested in wizards anymore. I think <laughs> she's. <laughs> <laughs> what have you got on this? I, I, I don't have anything on oh, Jackie Rowling. Yeah. Have you not got it? Have you got it, Steve? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So she's she's praised uh, resilience and courage of lesbian barrister suing Stonewall. The Harry Potter author uh, is pictured standing with her friend Alison Bailey ahead of a controversial employment tribunal. You've got two sides of this. One is yeah. she's claiming that she lost work because of her position. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess we'll find out whether that's legally the case or not. But the core issue that everyone's going to get stuck into is the issue of her trans rights. And it feels like everyone's... Their opinions have calcified now. People yeah. are stuck in the extreme versions of what they previously thought a couple of years ago. Mm. And until we can get into the actual conversations without being so offended that someone disagrees on both sides... This, again, I like having these conversations without speaking of a side, cos that way everyone can listen to what they what they want to believe into it. Yeah. Part, I mean, one, one half of the argument is uh, so upset that if you even question it, you're calling it a hate crime. The other argument somehow makes out that every female toilet will be full of sex criminals, yes, as it yes. weren't for the definition Absolutely. of a word. Those positions And everyone who hold. wants to do sex education in school is a groomer. That's yeah. the latest <laughs> thing, isn't it? And it it is extraordinary how everything retreats to the extremes very, very quickly. It's, it's worrying. Stonewall's trajectory, though, has been extraordinary, isn't it? It, was, it seems like only yesterday they were still the sort of bastions and the great crusaders, and, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and now bit. suddenly they're... It, it's strange, too. I, I, it, so many people want to... It, it seems as though it's a salacious subject matter for so many people, when actually... What we're talking about here is no, has nothing to do with sexual behavior. No. So it, it's so it, it's just odd to me that we can't just look at the medical fact that you cannot change someone's sex, and that's it. The conversation to me is over. Mm. That is it. Well, I suppose we, we, we've entered a philosophical realm, and it, it's not that it's not entirely disconnected from the direction of travel we've been in, at least for the last po post-war era. A little bit. In yeah. which. Um, the uh, the subjective world of the individual begins to rise in importance in how we organise affairs and it politics is. and so on. And so you have this sort of sense that uh, 
There are, you know, a notion of gender, which is an internalized reality. And that's as, a different as, subject. Yeah, and I, it's yeah. strange to me. Since 9-11, I feel like everyone thinks their opinion is of equal importance. But <laughs> in front of an audience, I win because I have the microphone. But also, I feel like your opinion about you is who you are. Mm. And that's that. Too. We should be able to get to that point. Maybe mm. we can. I do I remember, I think, who was it? Uh, might have been Russell Brand or somebody else saying about this recently that... Um, we get we get very desperate sometimes. We, we 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 think that the world is going terribly wrong, but if you just take a couple of steps back and you see, generally speaking, what happens is there are there, there is progress and then and then it gets itself tangled into a bit of a knot. But then everything settles down. Mm. By and large, we would all probably admit that life for gay and lesbian people now is better than it was twenty. Years of course ago, it is. Right? I mean, yeah. when people go on about woke, I I mean I I think that my my, my life is much easier as a performer mm. than it was 10 or 20 years ago. And some of that restraint and some of that restriction I applied yeah. to myself yeah. is my own self-consciousness. But it is uh, much easier for some sort of alternative comedian per se, yeah. just to, to make gain so for themselves. It will probably be that way in 10 or 20 years' time for anyone who identifies as yeah. trans or whatever, that we will all have come to an accommodation. Let's hope so. I really think it is now, by the way. I think an audience just wants to laugh. That's true. Guardian next. Steve, this is a calculated threat to the super wealthy from Labour. This is yeah. this period in the election cycle. <laughs> Labour doing something that uh, might not benefit the super rich. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> this is a so Shadow Chancellor Rachel Reeves has promised that Labour will get rid of uh, non-dom tax loopholes. Yeah. Interesting. Your move, Rishi, what are you going to do now? Upset yeah, the voters it's are quite upset pointed the that, isn't it? I think they did threaten that under Red Miliband as well, though, didn't they? Well, Gordon Brown. So it's 2002. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long time. He wanted to get rid of it. And yeah, also yeah. there was yes. a quote that something said, we need to act swiftly on this. Well... Yeah. Oh. Do you know what's a funny thing, though? There's been a bit of a sea change on a few of the issues that it can... I mean, one of the arguments for the non-doms was, and it obviously happened with the Russian uh, oligarchs, as well, that although, yes, they're not paying tax, their presence in London is part of what creates it, the, the, the sense of it being a super wealthy, a world-class city, you know, the huge towering glass structures and so on. Mm. And we do kind of all benefit from that. We do kind of feel we're a bit better than, than Paris and Berlin and these places, and let alone Frankfurt, where they were going to move all the banks after Brexit, because we have this kind of, you know, we have the Lamborghinis and we have the... the now I kind of feel there's... I think people are tired of that. Actually, mm. I don't think people want that. They don't. They want yeah. property to become it's, affordable it, again. It's you know? always made me feel a bit dirty that part of London. Yeah. a little bit. And I think also I, I do miss that edge that meant that people who were not wealthy could live in central London and enjoy yeah. it as much as everybody. Absolutely. Else. I mean, it's funny. We moved down to Brighton in, in about 14 years ago. Brighton was on a, like a microcosmic kind of trajectory Surge. similar to, to London. It had that thing where, oh, initially it's full of artists and bohemians, then all the people who are tired of living in London have got, you know, middle yeah. class moved down there, and now it's just become like a little London now, yeah, you know. Yeah. But it would be great if London could be like that again, wouldn't <laughs> it? You know, if that London could be a place where artists and bohemians... I mean, they moved to Shoreditch, and Shoreditch almost immediately became ridiculously yeah, expensive. The There's nowhere left for them to go now, but... Well, they've done Margate, and apparently yeah. Froome as well had a bit of an influence. Has it oh. really? Froome? I might visit. I love Froome. It's nice Big down there, gutter down the high street, down mm. the middle of the high yeah. street, yeah, for all the sheep wash. The jewel of Wiltshire. Scott, apparently the world can be changed and saved even if we just swap steaks for stick insects. Yes, in it? The Telegraph, they've suggested the less conventional and less environmentally damaging foods are in order. Apparently, if we started eating bugs and stopped eating beef, just beef, um, gas emissions and uh, global warming, 
thingies would fall by about 80%. Yeah. Be in much better health as a plant. It does appear that, that just beef. cattle are the problem, aren't they? That's right. It, it, it seems to be. Apparently they're burping. Everyone thinks it's the farting, but apparently it's actually just belching. It's also, it's, yeah. And it's also the, the, the gases and the elements used to treat the soil. Yeah. So the, and huge amounts of water, of course. A lot of water, of yeah. Although I did read in the same article that apparently... It's, that is not a significant improvement over just saying, let's eat fish, let's eat eggs, let's eat... You know, there, if you just eliminate beef, but, like, still eat regular traditional sources of protein... It's true. That's called the uh, optimised omnivore diet. If yeah. you are allowed to eat eggs, dairy, fish and seafood, but no meat, but I'm, I'm uh, land requirements dairy, fall by 80%. Because that means that suggests still having large herds of cattle to have dairy, doesn't it? Does, it? So I don't think... I think about dairy, I, I mean, I do... I like cheeses, but I do think that should be a relatively simple thing to artificially create in labs, don't you think? Mm. But every Compared single time I've tried vegan cheese, mm. it's nowhere near. No. I've stopped trying, because vegetables are lovely. Yeah, absolutely love a vegetable roast. Give me some roast vegetables all day long, but why yeah. are we faking cheese? Yeah, 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 it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's weird though, isn't it? You shoes. would think that would be fairly. I wonder if it is that the uh, great traditional cheesemakers are not sharing their wisdom with the vegan guys out of some sort. Do you know what I mean? As if yeah. maybe the raw materials you make it from is not the thing so much as the, the craft and the practice. I imagine it's quite complex because cheese has all of the groups, not all of the groups. There's no fibre in there, but you've got yeah. fats, protein, and carbs to yeah. somehow mix together. Into Have you ever tried a, uh, an insect? I would imagine with the insect thing, by the way, we're all picked like a kind of plate full of uh, kind of prawns or whatever, but it's... Mm. I would imagine they mash it up and make it into a sort of meal, don't they? And it's called an insect... It is an yeah. insect meal, and it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's, it's a, a micro-protein, and the kind of thing that they use in, in corn, you know, like Q-U-R. Yeah, yeah. It, it, there's a protein in there that they've manufactured that So would use. you have any objection to eating that? I, I'm not... You know, I don't really eat beef that often. Oh, really? All, having said that, I had a pork chop for dinner tonight, but... Um, not that often, but um, it, I, I try to avoid that sort of food anyway. Right. But, but insects, I'm not going to eat. I'm no. not going to eat a bug. It's like, yeah, it's just, like, you don't, don't want it in your head, do you? Do no, you? But you're all right with this. Definitely, we've got yeah. a bit of bias here already because if you mm. go back far enough before food came out of factories, the idea would make people go, "Oh, food out of a factory, yeah, 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 yeah. From a farm." But now we're so used to it. Yeah. So because yeah. it'll be processed. Um, insects, that'd be fine. Although it will mean the TV show I'm a Celebrity will be pointless. <laughs> You'd be sat there and be like, oh, this Z-lister's going to eat a ball of insects. Because the fact, and this uh, leads into the next story, but there was a time not that long ago, I believe, when lobsters, now regarded as luxury food, were regarded as, as repulsive as any other sort of insect. Well, they are so in they some, cult 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 some culture yeah. still, yeah. Uh, so, anyway, this is from uh, The Guardian. This is um, uh, equal rights for these little blighters now. Which <laughs> yes. is going to... This is not going to sit well with farming them and eating them. Not evolution for the crabs. And the yeah. <laughs> but the, so, crabs and lobsters uh, should get similar rights in the UK into, uh, as mammals. So now we can cram them into lorries and yeah. let them travel on the exactly M25. Exactly, what are those rights? That's <laughs> um, a good question. Well, it's mainly about scientific experiments. The idea is there's new legislation awaiting for royal um, uh, consent. Uh, it's going to be approved in Parliament. It means that you consider animals that are sentient to have the same rights as mammals. You can't go around doing experiments willy-nilly. The thing is, because there's no rules on doing experiments on crabs and lobsters, mm -hmm. uh, we don't know how many experiments are being done, but surely they're not testing makeup on these things. They don't have eyelids. No. It seems a bizarre thing to do. But, I mean, for, for a while, science was, was not sure whether they felt pain. But why on earth? How would that would be? How would evolution not give you pain 
because pain's useful. It stops you leaving an arm behind when you get trapped somewhere. Yeah. Um, so it made no Jordan sense. Jordan Peterson would have a view about this, doesn't he? Have a whole bit about how lobsters experience humiliation when they lose fights and yeah. they sort of shuffle off, ashamed of themselves, and it's go like, into no, the death lobster. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I mean, maybe we shouldn't be dropping them into boiling water. Let's add that. No. Into yeah, you, if they yeah. feel pain. You that be... isn't them screaming though. That's apparently their their shells shrinking or something. Oh, right. But still, yeah. if you if you couldn't yeah. scream. You still wouldn't enjoy, if yeah, you yeah. had the ability to sense pain, I imagine being dropped into boiling water is, is suboptimal. You can't hate crime them anymore. No. <laughs> you can't. You can't crush them with it's your It's hard to know because... what to say about lobsters, though, isn't it? Because, yeah. you know, they probably have different standards of beauty to begin with. So they you do, yeah. <laughs> look at you with your big claws, and like, hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you sidling aside? What are you running away from? So, yeah, you can't, uh, <laughs> you can't threaten them anymore, anyway. Anyway, Telegraph now, Scott. This is an unusual twist in today's culture war story. Yes. Uh, vegans are trying to cancel culture uh, farmers, <laughs> apparently. Uh, dairy farmers are complaining. They're saying online they're being attacked by vegans and it's reducing their amount of sales, which means that their dairy is going to have to go up in price, especially they're saying because of the Ukrainian yeah. conflict, that's going to raise it, which is, I, I'm not sure about that, but anyway, that's going to raise the price of the dairy as well. And they're saying now that 6% of adults in the UK claim themselves as vegan, although that's probably So alive. are they saying that the, uh, the dairy farmers are saying that the uh, attempts to smear them as, like, cruel and... Yes, uh, they're saying that there is significant inflammatory messaging out there online, yeah. and it is in, also, you know, in turn, making in, inflaming the, the price of dairy. I've always thought, I mean, this is um, controversial, I imagine, but I can see the argument that dairy farming is crueler than farming livestock for slaughter, because if you dairy farm, you maintain a, 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 an adult female cow in a state of discomfort on a daily basis, like endlessly, her children, I mean, I'm not I'm no using ridiculously emotive, but her calves are taken. Her calves are then, if they're male, they're put into a crate and mm. slaughtered for mm. veal. If they're female, they may be raised for further. They experience all kinds of horrific sort of sores, pain, discomfort, friction, burns. Have you, lived, have you worked or lived on a dairy farm, though? I mean, I have I seen have. how they work, yeah. yeah it's I, not I, always, they're not always treated that way. No, no, I'm sure there are good ones and bad ones. And, and I absolutely... Well, I do try and, like, buy organic, which I'm hoping is shorthand for treated nicely. Organic, you know. Is that right? Yes. OK. But by comparison, uh, animals bred for slaughter, I'm not saying they have great lives, but they have undifferentiated days, essentially, and then one day... They're bashed know, in the head. <laughs> yeah. Really bad. Which I think, in a way, is preferable. I mean, in, it, you know, I'm not saying either is like is like a dream existence. Yeah. But, well, um, the cows have to release the milk at some point if they're raised properly. There is a yeah. period where cows do want to get rid of the milk, and yeah. and there is there is a healthy and humane way of doing it. Yeah. I think too that people are consuming probably too much bad milk, actually. Right. Yeah. And there is good and bad products and everything. Yeah. And a little less of something that's better for you. I quite fancy you. the old sort of slightly foaming, warm stuff straight from the pail. Yes, what you want. You want the stuff that you used to come to in a glass bottle on your doorstep. Yeah, that's ideal, I actually. remember that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Can I throw in just one nerdy yeah. science um, fact, which Please I love sure. this, is that people used to get these goiters. Problem with your thyroid, you get the lump in the neck. Oh, yeah. 
Um, as a little side piece of issue, iodine is a, is a difficult to come by yes. uh, mineral. It's in the sea, you get it in seaweed, not and in grass. Very important when you're growing up. It yeah. can affect your cognitive abilities as but, well. And that's where the word yeah. cretin comes from. But right. um, the cows need it as well to get a good yield. Uh, so farmers were putting iodine in cow food, not thinking what's the next step. The next step is milk has more iodine in it, and all of a sudden, you can't meet a person with a goiter. We solved the problem oh. by adding iodine, not thinking it would be treating a problem. Mm. Yeah. Of course, the point is, if then you become vegan and don't drink milk, take an iodine tablet See, back we, in the game. I yeah, guess, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, this one from Tuesday's Times, I found this quite interesting and encouraging, I must say, Steve. This is a change in the weather a little bit of, of uh, the, the, the feelings of the British people. Young people, certainly, young people, yeah. in terms of science versus religion. Mm. There's less animosity, and most young people don't see science and religion as opposing forces in a war, which is good, mm. especially, this is Generation Z, especially if you follow the general trend that science discovers something and then now science owns that land. Mm. Because there's never really been one thing that's been pushed back. No. Uh, you know, you capture one angel, then we'll talk. But until then, there's this general trend of... Originally, oh, thunder, what is it? Well, it must be a god. Well, I'll tell you what, we'll fix that with a bit of science. And from there, everything moves through. We've got less negative attitudes towards religion. And I think my take on that would be because other people's religion impacts our lives less. Mm. Like, I can shop on a Sunday, I can get the medical treatment that I think I should get. As long as your religion isn't impacting those issues, then there's no reason to be falling out. But there was a period, only about 20 years ago, when um, the new atheism arrived. We had Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, like, most famously, but also comedians like Robin Ince and so on. There seemed to be, like, quite a lot of um, people who were almost... You know, I, I don't know, like finding that was a new tribe that they were part of, that mm. they wanted to identify with, a sort of quite militant atheism that was quite sarcastic about people clinging to faith and old-fashioned ideas that didn't necessarily understand, in my view, the role that religion and faith play in life, as if it was still a way of explaining the universe rather than a, a sort of structure within which to understand our personality else yeah. you know it's such an intimate yeah. relationship people have with whatever they think is their god that you know you can't really label any one thing no that it's, it serves people in one way it, it serves people yeah. in many different ways if, if that were all that happened then there'd be no reason for there to be any animosity or, or conflict but no. i think when you get a pushback saying oh no evolution didn't happen is creationism yeah. well now you've suddenly decided to have a scientific conversation yeah from a point of view of what is effectively guesswork because unless you do the research to do the scientific method you're just coming up with an idea. I mean, I think, to be fair, I would have to say, realistically, if you think it through logically, Darwin, Darwinian notion of evolution does essentially discredit the Christian notion of the soul and of, the, of humans as being something separate. I think it probably just... I mean, there's been an ebbing and flowing of attempts to re-situate God within that universe. It's yeah. not entirely eliminated. Well, let's put it this way. I think it was Heisenberg said something about the, when you first drink... From the glass of, of the natural sciences, you quickly become an atheist, but God is waiting for you at the bottom of the glass. <laughs> well, the Big yeah. Bang's a great example. You can do all the science, you work out the start yeah. of the universe, and the religious people just need to sit there and go, and who did that? Yeah. You can do that forever. <laughs> Scott, male spiders have evolved a strategy to avoid being eaten after sex, not the same one that you've adopted. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Philippinella prominence, you're welcome. Uh, Post-coital exit is that they, they bounce, they bounce away from their yeah. female partners. Amazing. If they don't, the, yeah, she yeah. eats them in whole. Yeah. And they also apparently produce a bit of thin layer of silk now yeah. as they're bouncing away. Yeah. They drop that silk and then they bounce back and between, the silk is between them and they hope to get a second go. And if they get, <laughs> and I was reading, that apparently if they get two or three goes, 
Then she goes, ah, this guy's good. Right. I'll take his sperm. I will have his babies yeah, because yeah, yeah. he's demonstrated <laughs> he can get away. It's a real attempt, isn't it? It's yeah. extraordinary. The it's number of insects that, that lose their heads, though, after sex. I mean, the praying mantis yeah. is the most famous yeah, yeah, one, but yeah. watching it is the most terrific thing. <laughs> they can accelerate at 200 meters per second, though. And the, the um, Chinese examined them in various studies and found they have a springy little joint that they've created. It yeah. helps them bounce right out. And tell us the speed. Did you see the speed? It's uh, extraordinarily fast. Yeah, Just well, a, I, a tiny moment. I would 200 meters meters per second, I just said. Oh, but sorry, I missed that. 200 yeah, yeah, yeah. meters per second. Yeah, yeah. That is incredible. Yeah. Mm. But I understand You that. can't imagine how... I mean, you couldn't see that. 200 meters if that went past you. Mm. Imagine that. Yeah, 200 yeah. meters per oh, second. Yeah, incredible. But also, I think they're eager, and it's their big yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it, it releases a... Like that, doesn't it? So There's some kind of shrimp that can all right. like, Jesus, crack man. a man's skull oh, or something Lord. with it. So, oh, yes. oh, right, right. You know, yeah. All these, probably a similar kind of... Yeah. Uh, sure I, what's your strategy, Steve? My, I understand <laughs> their point of view, because that, that moment straight after when you're like, oh, I just need to be on my own for a while. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Charity, <laughs> yeah. All the promises of what we do this weekend have gone right now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd love to lay some silk between me and my partner. Just have a moment is that myself. called... Uh, it's not ennui, is it? What's the, there is a word for the French word for the uh, specific... Death kind of the soul or something. The little death. Yeah, no, but the... The, the regret, the self-loathing, the, <laughs> right. the petit mort is, is, uh, oh, right. is that's the orgasm. Yeah, but yeah, the yeah. Um, oh, they have some. It's not ennui. I don't. Ennui is a general sort of boredom with I've life. I've never Generally, had bad sex. I have no idea what that's like. Never had it. Tristesse. Tristesse. All oh, right. Ah. Tristesse. I just feel maybe like if, more, maybe if you do it, how can you feel any regret? I don't get it. Yeah. Does it make sense? Well, that is the modern world. Now, this <laughs> is quite a brave thing for an audio book narrator to do as a oh, hobby. Scott, this is. <laughs> it's an extraordinary story. Well, I say it's not that extraordinary, it's fairly predictable, really, but a woman has been slagging off the authors that she gets to read. She's a New York City-based narrator, Kimberly Weatherell, and she is an award-nominated <laughs> SAG after audiobook narrator. She told Female... Yeah. Just, uh, uh, yeah. Part of the Daily Mail? Yeah, yeah, something like that, yeah, yeah. The, the Sunday edition. She told them that... Um, uh, male authors were writing about women in a misogynistic way. Mm. And she was expecting a bit of support, not much kickback, because people would agree with her, maybe. And she got thousands of emails, thousands, thousands of women responding, saying, will you read this? Mm. Will you read that? Will you read this as an example? And so she yeah. started reading, and she found that, you know, literary So men... these are passages that people have sent in, not, not necessarily she's from books she was professionally too. reading. Right. Okay. Exactly. Yeah, not right. she's, not okay. anything she was paid for. Okay. She's careful about that, yeah. actually, because she does yeah. read Stephen King, and she says, well, we've gotten some Stephen King suggestions, but, you know, yeah. I'm light on Stephen King, because I respect him so much as a human. And he said, <laughs> she, and of course she said, and he's really evolved since the 70s when he first started. Like she would know anything about writing at yeah. all or what evolution in literature means. But anyway, <laughs> she, it's called Literary Man Shaming. And she uh, extracts and reads aloud uh, from novels of male authors. So have you got any passages there? That Philip, you're Philip Roth from Goodbye oh, Columbus. Oh, well, that's not surprising. He's he, one of my favorite books. Yeah, but he is widely derided. As I'll read that quote. Go on. Her breasts swam toward me like two pink-nosed fish and she let me hold them. I don't see how that's bad in any way. Well, and, and it has to be so in context. They are in a pool together, aren't they, at the they time? Are, they and, are in water. And yeah. also, he's a yeah. naive young man <laughs> coming of age. Yeah, literally. I think that's rather sweet. It, I think it's sweet, too. Is that not his novelization of The Little Mermaid? <laughs> <laughs> the script version. There's, there's much longer quotes here. I, I won't... I'm, you know, well, I noticed about. one from uh, Bill Bryson, who's one of my yeah. absolute yeah, yeah. writers. And J.G. Ballard, too, who's a yeah. brilliant writer. Yeah. And actually, the quote's quite long, but, I want, but it's a... 
beautiful quote about a woman that he saw and what, how he yeah. imagined her, what her occupation might be. It's great, you know? Times now, and more Groundhog Day is famous, and since Swithin's Day, too, I think, for predicting the weather. And apparently today is another example of folklore weather forecasting. Yeah. Um, St Mark's Day, which predicts that uh, the change in the weather around this time, as long before St Mark's Day as the frogs are heard croaking, so long will they keep quiet afterwards. I've got no clue. Is that, a spy? <laughs> Is that a spy on a bench trying to make use the phrase? I mean, again, science might have filled in these gaps, but if you want to have a guess due to St Mark's Day... Um, well, late you April... can always... You can use the frogs to see which way. I mean, it was when the frogs started uh, failing to mate, wasn't it, that we became aware that there were endocrine disruptors in the water? Yeah. You know, so maybe... Maybe the frogs were trying to tell us something Maybe. about global changing. Well, all right, I'll take that and let's see what else St Mark's <laughs> gives us with this folklore. Apparently, St Mark's Day, it's possible... Uh, for, well, there's the St Mark's fly we should mention. It's those weird ones that foes up and down. They're cool. Yeah. Um, but it's said that if someone stood in a church port, uh, porch around midnight before St Mark's Day... If someone says pork... Did you say no, <laughs> it already happened. Uh, if someone sits in a church porch around midnight before St Mark's Day, they could see the ghosts of all the souls who would die in the coming year, which means 2016. They must have been there all night. Amazing. Not well, we. that is all we have That's time it? for. I hope you could have learned something useful from that. Thank you to my guests, Scott Capro and Stephen Allen. Tomorrow night, Dominic Frisbee will be joined by Leo Kirsten, Dana Alexander. Sparks may fly. See you then. Good night. The woman who married her dog. Thanks for listening to Headliners, the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you'll never miss an episode again. And if you enjoyed it, leave me a nice comment. Speak to you at the same time tomorrow for the paper review that's never boring. <laughs>